stand one more time. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, as we gather in one accord, um, reading uh, the scripture. And our theme today is the call. Our theme today is the call. Uh, how many know that God is the one that calls people? Right? He calls people. God, it, it, it's, it's a divine thing that God does with each and every one of us. He puts a purpose within each and every one of us. Our theme for this title is the call. I hope and pray that each and every one of us would leave here today encouraged to know that God, uh, he has a call for us. He has a call for you. He has a call for me. First, uh, second of Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I hope to see you so that I may be filled with joy. So the Apostle Paul here is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. He tells him this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not, be un do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Father, we thank you for the teaching of your word. We pray, Lord, that it would land in our hearts that it would encourage us, that it would remind us, that it would challenge us, that it would confront us this morning, draw us near to what you want to do in us and through us, oh God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So our theme is the call, the call. From the moment that we give our lives to Christ, something begins to happen Within us, if you have recently given your life to Christ, you feel a sense of something new is happening within me. Something new is happening within my family, right? There is a change. There, uh, something has been altered, right? Because God has saved us for a purpose. He puts a call upon each and every one of our lives. This is God's ordained call for us. He puts it in our lives. He puts it in our lives, and He designs something special for each and every one of us. He calls us to make an impact in the world that we live. Some would ask, well, what does this call look like? It could, be, it could be depicted in so many different ways. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul calls it uh, the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, he reminds us that we are Christ's ambassadors and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, the call is to reflect the image of Christ to the point that others would, would yearn to have what we have. And that is the ministry of reconciliation. We're called to bear the fruit of the Spirit, kindness and joy and goodness and gentleness. 
forgiveness, right? And patience. Uh, that's the call upon the Christian life. We're called to holy living, consecration and, and separation. We're called to live different than the world. You know, we're called to help those that cannot help themselves. We're called to stand in the gap for those that need someone to stand in the gap for them. And then there are particular calls that God puts in our lives and he lines up gifts within us to help us be successful in the call that he has for us. And this call is not always easy. It's not always easy to live out the very thing that God has called us to do, right? It's not always easy, but there are so many joys in living out the call of God. So many joys to see people come to Jesus and to see people grow in Christ and to see the Lord deliver uh, people that we have seen them uh, addicted to things and and trials and hardships in their homes and the Lord has brought peace and, and to see their walk mature as, as uh, Pastor Becky and I have had the privilege, the honor of pastoring this wonderful church for almost 15 years and we look and we see so many have grown and today they lead and today they serve at different levels and, and we see this wonderful blessing and isn't that a wonderful thing to know that that is what God does in each and every one of us. I want to encourage you here today, I want to remind you that God has called you and saved you by His grace, but He's also placed a special purpose in each and every one of us to live out a life that recognizes His name, that lifts up His name in high, and also serves His people. And here, the Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy of this great call upon his life. Paul, his spiritual father, he's the mentor of Timothy. Timothy is pastoring uh, the church in Ephesus. It's a hard church to pastor. It's a church that's dealing with so much conflict and persecution and false doctrine. And, and he is a young pastor, and he's dealing with some discouragement. And the apostle Paul writes uh, the book of 2 of Timothy to encourage him, uh, to let him know that God has called him for this ministerial life. It seems, as we read 2 Timothy, it seems that, that Timothy was at a ministerial low in his life. Maybe a season of discouragement. How many know that even in the call of God, we, we go through seasons of discouragement? It's not always high. It, it, it's not always beautiful. There are times when it's tough. You got to deal with different circumstances, different issues, uh, different people, different emotions. And we all go through seasons, but that's not a reason to surrender or give up on the call of God. It's a reminder to us. And Paul here, he sees that his spiritual son Timothy is, is at a low in his life. Perhaps it was because of the persecution of the church of the time. The church was still going through persecution. Just remember, uh, it was just a few decades after Jesus. Uh, there's still persecution there. Perhaps it was because Timothy had to deal with, with the false teachings of the time. And there was false teachings even within Christianity. There was things that were trying to, to take place. And the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy to, to teach sound doctrine. Maybe it was the battle of, of, of ministry, the pressure of ministry for this young man, this young minister. Maybe he was just missing his mentor. Uh, Paul is in prison during this time, and maybe he was just missing his mentor. But we know that Paul writes second of Timothy to encourage Timothy because in chapter 2, verse 1, these are the words. He 
He tells them, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The second, that's uh, the second chapter, verse 1. I love that verse. Because chapter 1 is an intro reminding Timothy of the great call on his life. But chapter 2, he kind of finishes that intro saying, be strong. Uh, remember the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. He tells them, remember, be strong. God has called you for this. As God's people, we'll also go through hard times and different seasons of our lives, different ministerial pressures. But what keeps us? What keeps you? What keeps me? That we're anchored to this call. That we're rooted to this call. Uh, uh, that this call is a reality that consumes us. That it is God's commission call and not man orchestrated. This call is not given to us by a pastor or by a bishop or by an apostle. No, no, no. It is God's orchestrated plan for our lives. It's his call. And for that reason, we are anchored to this reality that the sovereign God, the all-powerful God, the omniscient God, he has called me. And we are anchored to this. So come hell or high water, the call doesn't shift. Uh, we stay uh, um, persevering, understanding that this call comes from the Lord. So the Apostle Paul, he's, he's, he wants to encourage Timothy. He's trying to encourage him. And, and, uh, and I want to share with you two points today. The first point I want to share with you that we can see how the apostle is trying to encourage Timothy is the first one is he, he affirms the call on his life. The first thing he does is he affirms this call. And he affirms it three ways. The first way he affirms it is he affirms it by letting him know, Timothy, your family affirmed the call on your life. And when you look at verse 5, he says, I am, a I, I, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. He was letting him know, Timothy, this faith that you, ha this faith that you have uh, is also the faith of your family. I could imagine uh, his grandmother and his mother so proud of Timothy. Uh, walking with the Apostle Paul and pastoring the church of Ephesus. His, his family was proud of him. It, it, his family affirmed the call on his life. The call of God that was upon us is also upon you, Timothy. I'm sure that those were words from his mother and words from his grandmother encouraging him and reminding him and affirming the call upon his life. I was encouraged today because when Pastor Becky and I were in the foyer, uh, Amanda's aunt approached us and she was like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy about what God is doing in Amanda's life. Uh, my sister would be proud. What, what was happening there? Amanda's aunt was affirming the call on Amanda's life. Right? Uh, I love that. I love that. Her brother Angel is here. He's here. And, and her sister-in-law is here. What are they doing? They're, they're celebrating uh, the call upon that. Why? Because family affirms the call on your life. When we look, uh, Ricardo's uh, parents are here and they're dressed well and they're proud and they're happy. And, and his brother and, and his cousins and his family is here. Why? Because they recognize that there is a call upon his life and, and they're coming as an affirmation to what God is doing in them. How, how many know? You can give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. How many know that? 
that family affirms the call upon our lives. Listen, uh, you, you see me a couple of times a week. I, I, can probably, I can probably fool you for most of the time, right? Uh, but my wife, she knows me. My children know me. Uh, my siblings know me. My nephews, my nieces, my in-laws. You know, we're, just, we're doing life so tightly together that, that they, they know me, all right? Um, those that are close to you know you. Uh, your, your spouse knows you. Your, your children know you. Now, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. I've said this a million times. Walk with us long enough, and you're going to be like, well, we got to pray for them. Uh, no, no one is perfect. But does your family affirm the call on your life? Does your husband uh, look at you uh, and say, honey, I see God's call upon your life? Uh, does your wife look at you and say, man, I'm so proud of you. Honey, I see God's call upon your life. Do, do you look at your children and, and tell them, oh, man, I'm so proud of you. I, I see leadership in you. I see your, your gifting and your passion. And God has put that in you because, because there's a call upon your life. As, as family, we must affirm the call of our children, of our siblings. I, you know, uh, Becky and I, we look at our girls and we tell them, and God has a beautiful purpose in your life, not because we're their pastors, but because we're their parents. We may, uh, we may, we're pastors today, but we may not always be pastors, but we'll always be parents. Right? Do you affirm the call upon your children? Uh, do your children affirm the call upon your life? We need to look at our children and we need to tell them, God has a purpose with you. We need to look at our spouses and say, God has a purpose with you. God wants, yeah, it, 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 it's highlighting what God has started and what he is going to complete unto the day of Christ Jesus. And we affirm the call upon each other. It's a different thing, you know, when, when you, you may preach once or twice or teach or something. And somebody comes to you, great job, man, that's wonderful. That encourages us. But nothing is more encouraging than when a loved one walks up to you and, say, and says, I see Jesus in you. Nothing is more encouraging. Nothing is more encouraging than someone that you live with, that you love, that they know you. They know your weaknesses and they know your strength. And they say, man, God is doing something in you. I want to encourage you today. Affirm the call upon, family affirms the call upon our lives. Affirm the call on those around you. We're talking about the call. Timothy, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and he wants to encourage him. He wants to affirm the call. The first thing he does is he, he tells him family affirm the call. The second thing he tells him is leadership affirms the call. Verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. Uh, Paul is, is telling Timothy, you know, I, I'm reminded or I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which was in you through the laying of my hands. And if you go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14, uh, there we see the anointing of Timothy where he says do not neglect your gift which is a given to you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. It was an affirmation that Timothy was ordained into ministry. The leadership affirmed the call upon his life. Paul is reminding Timothy on, this, on that day when the leaders laid their hands on you. They sent you off into ministry. It was the elders of the church affirming the call of God upon your life. Uh, that day you received the blessing of your leaders. And that affirms the call upon your life. Today, 
Pastor Becky and I, and all our pastors and leaders and our church officials, man, we, we affirm the call on Rick and Amanda's life. We've seen, we've seen the gift of God. We've seen the faithfulness of God. And we've seen the call. And, and by anointing them and putting them into this, entrusting them into this ministry, we as the church affirm the call upon their lives. Everybody needs people to affirm the call upon their lives. We need leaders to affirm the call upon our lives. Pastors and leaders confirm the call upon our lives. I tell our ministry leaders here, women's ministry and men's ministry and our children's ministry, our young adults, look at our people and, and let them know, man, there's a call upon your life. You as ministry leaders, you can affirm the call upon those that the Lord has entrusted you with as a church. We affirm this call and it's very biblical. In a time of need, the apostles tell uh, the church in Acts chapter 6, choose from, your, choose from yourself men full of the Spirit of God and the wisdom of God and appoint them into, into the ministry of deacon. Why? Because people affirm the call of the lives of other people. That's why when it's time for a pastor, who chooses? The Lord calls, but the church elects. The call comes from God, but people must affirm the call. Uh, years ago when Becky and I came in, the church had to elect. Uh, uh, in the future, the church will need to re-elect. Why? Because this is not an inheritance that's passed down to our children. No, this is a God-given call that is brought from God and the church affirms the call. And it's important to remember that people affirm the call. I want to encourage you today. Draw near to good leaders in our church and people that could help ratify the call upon your life because people, leaders, affirm the call. And the church says, Amen. Number, th well, number three, we're talking about the call. The call is affirmed different ways. Family affirms the call. Leadership affirms the call. Number three, the Holy Spirit affirms the call. Verse seven, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Paul reminds Timothy that his call is confirmed because it is the Holy Spirit that gives him the courage that he needs, the power that he needs, the love that he needs, the discipline that he needs. Only the Holy Spirit can give him what he needs for ministry. The Holy Spirit affirms the call upon Timothy's life and upon our lives. I love that Paul tells Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And, and fear exists in each and every one of us. It's part of our sinful nature. It, it exists. We can't avoid it. I remember, I remember being afraid of what the church would look like two years after we were elected. I remember that feeling. I remember thinking, oh my God, what if they all leave? I remember that fear. Because it's part of our, it's innate within us. It's part of our sinful nature. But God is reminding those that he calls, you will deal with fear. But that fear comes from the sinful nature. What I am going to pour upon your life is my spirit, which comes with power. It comes with love and it comes with a sound mind. So that you can do all that has been entrusted for you to do. And I love that he says, you'll deal with it. That doesn't come from me, that comes from you. But I want to remind you that I'm going to give you power. Power here simply defined as it's just in what we can't do, the Lord does it for us. What we physically can't do, the things that we can't do, the Lord does it for us. That's why when somebody says, I'm not sure I can do it, 
I want to let you know, don't function in fear, but function in the Holy Spirit that will give you the power to do what you cannot do alone. We'll deal with the fear. We'll deal with the insecurity. We'll deal with it, right? But we're not going to function in it. We'll have to manage the fear within us, but it will not be the deciding factor within us. What we'll decide is the Holy Spirit of God that gives us the power to do what we cannot do on our own. Right? I love that he says, it's not fear that will lead you. It's power, God's power, and God's love. And here, the word love, just in this ministry call, has to do with motive. What's the motive? In God's call, what's the motive? Why do I preach here today? Why do you teach? Why do you encourage? Why do you serve as an usher or as a greeter or as a driver? Why do you help with our children or our young people or our young adults? What's your motive? God says, I've given you a spirit of love to guard the motive on why you do it. And then I love that it says sound mind. In other words, wisdom. Count the cost. Maybe you feel like you're struggling with, your, with what God wants to do. You feel uh, inadequate. You feel like you can't do it. You feel that, you know, I don't have the gifting. I don't, man, you're, you're, you're perfect for this. Because God says, manage your fear. But function in God's Holy Spirit, which comes with power, which comes with love, and comes with a sound mind to help you. So from you flows power for miracles and power for change. From you flows the right heart and the right motive, and the Lord will lead you. From you flows wisdom and understanding to manage all that has been entrusted to you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And the church says, so we're we're talking today about the call. You can give the Lord a hand clap. We're talking today about the call. And Paul is telling Timothy, "This, this, this call upon your life is affirmed. It's affirmed. How, how is it affirmed? Well, your family affirms it. How is it affirmed? Your leaders affirm it. How is it affirmed? It's affirmed because the Holy Spirit of God upon your life. When you can't, he does. He affirms it. I remind Ricardo and Amanda, you will deal with times of insecurity and times where you just feel a little afraid and, Lord, I need you. And the Holy Spirit of God will give you all the power that you need. He will guard your heart with his love and he will give you the wisdom to manage all those things that are before you. And the church says, so we talked about the call, the call affirmed. Our second point is the truth of the call. So I I love this verse in scripture, the truth of this call. Verse 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. Isn't that a wonderful word? Isn't that a wonderful verse? This is the truth of this call. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and his own grace. The Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy, you haven't done anything to deserve this call. This is the will of God for your life. It has to do with his own purpose, and it has to do with his own grace. 
Although we have said that the call is affirmed in our lives, we always remember that this has to do with God's purpose and God's grace. It has to do with what God wants to do in us and through us. We're just an instrument in His hands. Let us be careful never to think that we deserve it. Uh, it is simply the grace of God. When we lead and when we serve, we lead and serve from a place of personal frailty, knowing that we have not earned this great call. There is no credential that gives us the right to this heavenly call. There is no natural gifting that gives us the right to this heavenly call. There is no pious action that gives us the right to this heavenly call. It is simply the grace of God upon our lives. It is simply something that we don't deserve so all we can do is point to the Savior and say it is all about Jesus and he gets all the glory and all the honor. So this, this should encourage each and every one of us that are here today because this qualifies each and every one of us. It qualifies you and it qualifies me Regardless of our Christian education, you qualify, and I qualify. Uh, you may say, but Pastor Carlos, I, I wasn't raised in the church, you qualify. Perhaps you feel like, oh, uh, you know, I, I dealt with some, some addictions in my life. I did some shameful things. Uh, I want to tell you today that you still qualify for this great call. Uh, maybe you feel like, man, I got, I got some family issues and, and I'm, doing, I'm struggling with some things at home. I, I want to tell you that you still qualify. You still qualify. Because uh, this has nothing to do with our own gifting. This has nothing to do with our own charisma. This has nothing to do with who we are, where we were born, what church we go to, what name we have. No, this is simply by God's purpose and by God's grace. So we can look at this with a hope and an expectation that each and every one of us qualify for this great call. That is the truth of this call. That's why I, I love the way the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things of this world to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Oh, the truth of this call, that if God is using you or if God is using me, it means that probably of our own, we have very little to offer. But God is an expert at using people that have very little to offer. And he uses them for his glory and his honor so that we can never say, look at how gifted I am. No, we will have to say, I could never have done this on my own. But I did not manage in fear. I received the spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. And for that reason, we can do the work of the Lord. We can do the work 
of the Lord. This is the truth of the call. And when we see the people that God uses, when we look at the pattern of Scripture, and we see the, the heroes of our faith, the people that God uses, people like Moses. God calls Moses from a burning bush. And I love that story. And he tells him, I'm going to send you into Egypt to deliver the Israelites. And Moses responds to him, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I love that. Moses said, who am I that you would use me? I'm, I'm an 80-year-old man. I, I don't have the influence I once have. I don't have the, the authority I once had. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm a shepherd now of, of, of sheep, and I work for my father-in-law. Who am I that you would use me to go to Egypt and deliver the Israelites? Who am I? When we look at the pattern of the people that God calls, that should be our response. Who am I that you would use me, Lord? I, I love when God calls Jeremiah into the ministry. Jeremiah looks at God and says, I'm too young. God says, I've known you since you were in your mother's womb. He says, I'm, I'm too young for this. And I love that God looks at him and says, get yourself ready and tell them what I'm about to tell you to tell them. Uh, Right? Look at the people that God uses. When God calls Amos, uh, uh, the, 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 the history there is that the prophet would be the son of the prophet and the next prophet would be the son of the prophet. And God calls Amos and Amos says, why me? No one in my family is a prophet. God qualifies him. When God calls Peter, you guys know the story in Luke chapter 5. God calls Peter the miracle of fish. The nets, the nets are full of fish and Peter is in awe. He throws himself at the feet of Jesus and he says to Jesus, Apart from me, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus looks at him and says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He qualified. He qualified. Uh, uh, Isaiah, in the call of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is over him. And he says, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. But God qualified him to be the great prophet Isaiah. When David is called, he's just a shepherd boy. His own father did not see the potential in him. And God anointed him to be the great king of Israel. I want to tell you today, the truth of the call is that God looks for people who say, I'm not worthy. I, 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 I don't have nothing of my own that, that really qualifies me. And God says, you are the perfect candidate. Because when I use you, it's going to be all about my glory. It's going to be all about my honor. You're going to have to lift my name up on high. Because in you, there was nothing that qualified you. But I qualified you for this great task. I qualified you for this great call upon your life. So I want to tell you here today as I close up our sermon with the help of the musicians. I want to encourage the church. Would you embrace this God-given call that's upon your life today? Would you embrace it? Would you allow God to affirm this call by letting those that are near to you, your family members, those who, who, who love you, speak into your life and tell you, man, God wants to use you.
Would you be so bold to look at people in your family, your spouses, your children, and before you put your head on the pillow tonight, would you look at them in their eyes and would you tell them, God has called you. Would you look at dear friends that are near to you and close to you and you know they may be struggling, but would you remind them of their call? To, to those who are Elohim attendees, I want to encourage you, embrace your call, become a part of the ministries that are in the church so that you can continue to serve God in a special way and, and he will glorify himself in your life. No one needs to be perfect because God qualifies us all. And when you feel like you can't, I, I, I don't have the charisma that so-and-so has. I, I, I don't sing like so-and-so. I can't teach like so-and-so. When fear tries to to be the dominant emotion in your life and wants you to function in fear, would you say, God has not given me a spirit of fear? That comes from my own nature. That does not come from the Lord. But if the Lord has called me for this, he'll give me the power to do it. He'll give me the love, the right motives behind it. And he'll give me all wisdom to manage this call well. The call is affirmed. And the truth of it is, there's nothing that we can do to earn it. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God for you and for me. As I close, I just remind you, we're just instruments in the hands of God. That's all that we are. Instruments. Today we're here. Tomorrow we may not be just instruments. But how beautiful it would be if Jesus is to tarry, that we can live this beautiful long life, look back and say, I've lived the life that God has called me to live. The call. And the church says, can you give the Lord a hand clap? Hallelujah. 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 Would you, would you stand to your feet as we get ready to enter to the next part? But I want to say an altar call here. Perhaps there's someone that the Lord is dealing with. The Lord is dealing with you and the Lord is, is speaking to you in a special way today. And maybe you know all that I have said is true for your life, but, but the call you have, you have put the call in the closet. You've been stagnant with the things that God want to, wants to do in you and through you. And the Lord is speaking to you today to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And maybe you like a prayer of covenant this morning, a prayer to say, you know what, I, I need to to light a fire in this part of my life again. As we sing this next song, I'm going to invite you to come to the altar. We want to say a prayer with you. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, I'm so far from God. I don't deserve none of it. You qualify. Maybe you're far from God this morning and you're like, I, I, I want to get myself right with God. I want to encourage you to come to the altar. Let's say a prayer of faith that will change your life forever. I want to pray that the Lord would strengthen you so that you could embrace this next season of your life this morning. And if the Lord has ministered to you in a special way and you would like prayer, as we sing this next song, the altar is open. We'd love to pray with you this morning. God bless you. God keep you.
you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 